passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome, everybody, back to the post office. In this week's edition of the Cafe Hangout. Wait a minute. Are we taped or? We are live. That is the official. This, that's like the bell ringing for Festus to go into attack mode in the ring. Oh, yeah. On this show. Oh, gotcha. I need to hear Way give those words for me to officially come out of my shell. Well, wonderful. Attack away. Wow. Sick him. Sick him, John. Well, it's great to have everybody back here. We were off for a week. The cafe hangout was under extraordinary uh, construction, mm-hmm. but we have come back. It's it's a brand new studio now, powered by Way's phone, along with the uh, the sultry tones of Z103.5's Hit Mix 3. Oh, what's on that? Uh, this has some of my favorites from Cascada to the Radical DJs with If Tomorrow Never Comes, which... It, Technically Banger. never does. Banger. It is Banger. never tomorrow. DJ Company, Rhythm of Love, a classic. Laurent, uh, Laurent Conrad, Mr. Vegas, Carl Henry, and I know your favorite, Shaba Banks. Shaba Ranks. Shaba Ranks. Featuring Crystal, twice my age. Okay. Uh, well, Do you want to wonderful. play Miracle? Do you want to play Breaking My Heart by I, Style Shaker? I, um, I would love to. I feel like YouTube would probably uh, remove our video uh, for, for flagging, but uh, maybe off air. You know why I have out. all these CDs out? I have acquired a CD player, way. I have not had a CD player in a long, long time. Is that right? I was able to get one, and now I can, I can play CDs in here. Oh, okay. So the post office is just... We have graduated to 1984. Uh, it... Is there actually a reason why? Like you just wanted to listen to your old... I literally just wanted to listen to these CDs. That's it. There's no ulterior motive behind yeah. it. Usually people have like a CD like that lying around just because like... I don't. It was junk. But John... All my CD players have been thrown out or just right. have died. Okay. Well, um, you're a fascinating man. Well, uh, next on the list is to try and get this DVD player running, which I am... About at the point where I'm going to have to ask Way for help. Well, you know what? I would say uh, first, the first concern I would say uh, technology-wise is maybe our phone calls. Where, uh, as many people know, we've been having some issues here, but we have gone through extensive. Like John wasn't kidding. We've gone through some renovations here, and the internet speed is supposed to have been quite improved here in the post office. But we shall really test it. Yeah, we are also taking all of our calls through a pretty old iPad, which we have now uh, upgraded <laughs> to. Does not make phone. a scene that 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 uh. Uh, I don't know, uh, advanced of an operation. Really. I don't care. That's the that's the nuts and bolts of this uh, this operation, everybody. It is uh, it is us versus the world. But we are going to be taking phone calls on this show and primarily focusing on your calls. We did not book a guest today, number one, because we did not want to worry about uh, technology kicking our ass on another guest. So uh, you are our guinea pigs today. If you want to call in, 732-800-4423 or... You can Skype in by searching for Post Wrestling. We'll be taking calls at any point during the show. Want to ask uh, several questions, uh, reaction to NXT going to the USA Network, but also what are your viewing habits going to be on Wednesday nights, whether you are in the US or abroad, and what options you have at your disposal to watch any of these shows live between NXT and All Elite Wrestling. And going into the fall, 
what do you figure is going to be your limit of wrestling you can watch in a given week? It is astounding. For me and Way, it's astounding. I cannot imagine what the demand is on the fan base that I think is often a critical point that gets overlooked, that we will continue to throw so much at the fan base and they will just continue to devour it. Is there a breaking point? Maybe there, we've seen the declining numbers for WWE, but still sustainable enough that they are able to continue and churn out more and more content. But this fall is going to be the latest pressure point. Certainly. Yeah, I think we're already seeing, uh, you know, wrestling fans really pick and choose and relying on, you know, outside sources such as podcasts like these or websites or YouTube highlights to kind of get their fill to keep up to date. I feel like this is only going to ask the audience to really pick and choose that much more. So uh, do you how do you want to structure the show? Do you want to open it up to, to the phone lines? Or, or shall we get to some of these other stories first? How Let's go over a few news items, and then the phone lines will be open. So if you want to call, uh, give us a couple of minutes, and then we'll be going to phone calls. But that's kind of the primary questions I have for people, our viewing habits for this coming fall. Uh, another interesting story that we have coming out today, courtesy of The Hollywood Reporter, is that the WWE, in the year 2019, is launching a podcast network Ooh. through Endeavor Audio. Uh, this is, of course, under the umbrella of Endeavor the parent company of UFC, and also the WWE streaming partner, because Endeavor Streaming, which replaced uh, the existing agreement they had with uh, with BamTech, Disney's company, uh, Endeavor Streaming took that contract over to run the WWE Network at the beginning of this year. So this is their audio side of things. They'll be launching a podcast network, uh, date to be determined, shows to be determined. It is kind of just an overall announcement that they will be getting into the podcast space after kind of dipping their toe at different times. We saw years ago, uh, right around WrestleMania, they did a limited series hosted by Renee Young. We have seen the the Steve Austin podcast and kind of Chris Jericho's version, but that was for the WWE Network. Mm-hmm. This seems like a much more concentrated effort to produce audio content and probably be based around a lot of WWE personalities, uh, one of which, the Bella Twins, they are already attached to Endeavor Streaming. So that seems a layup that they would be included in all of this. Yeah. Um, certainly, like, uh, podcasting and wrestling, obviously, you know, you and I know from personal experience, the two have kind of gone hand, hand in hand, really, I would say. Um, and I think the WWE has certainly been behind uh, the times, you know, uh, as far as far as that goes. But they, I'm sure they see, you know, the success of... of Conrad Thompson, the success of uh, Chris Jericho, the success of Steve Austin, and any number of guys who have had their own podcast, and how much that has managed to do for uh, the individual brands of the of the characters that are involved. And there's a huge roster of WWE talent out there that could really use that airtime that's not being given to them by what you see on screen. Uh, so instead, perhaps mandating some of those stars to make that connection with an audience through the form of podcasting, it's economical doesn't cost really anything to do and I think is is another creative outlet for them to eventually monetize and also creatively fulfill the talent that they have. The question will be what is the benchmark that Endeavor Streaming has for these shows? I mean, you you talk about kind of underserved talent on the roster. Do they want a podcast hosted by Drake Maverick or do they want a Steve Austin level, which it's interesting because he had that long hiatus and just came back on podcast one. You have Edge and Christian established on Westwood one. It's kind of, you have these existing shows that already are established. And to me, the most obvious fit here would be to try and grab an Eric Bischoff and Bruce Pritchard. Mm-hmm. Uh, those shows hosted by Conrad Thompson, which is kind of that that's a complicated issue as well with WWE and Conrad Thompson through Starcast. For sure, yeah. But that would be the person that if I'm Endeavor streaming, like that Conrad is kind of the go-to person now for wrestling podcasts that you would want to have. Like WWE, I think in a perfect world, would hand the keys over to Conrad Thompson to run this division. Yeah, I would think so. But at the same time, if you're the WWE, what's stopping you from doing a similarly conceptually, uh, you know, similar type of show, but with one of your own guys? It won't be the same, and I think it would turn off a good deal of the audience, but they had that option of doing a similar type of show. The big question, of course, is... Will WWE launch a Patreon? (laughs) Uh, We shall see. We shall see. Uh, But I think the big question is, you know, because this is a WWE-produced product... How free is the discussion going to be? How 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 um how hands on will they be? And how hands on can they be? Will this be? 
like to me, I'm looking at, and again, this only came out, I, I don't have any like knowledge of what these shows are going to consist of, but I'm looking at the likes of a Renee Young, Pat McAfee. And if you, I haven't watched a lot of the watch along, but that, that is not something that you feel is under a microscope, that kind of a show. And mm-hmm. that would be what you hope for now, for now, like look at talking smack. That's I, I think ultimately what you hope they can get into the podcast space because it's not just the the personalities. Yeah, that can be your jumping on point. But to continue listening to them, you're going to have to have some substance to it. And wrestling and WWE has no shortage of substance. Mm-hmm. These are very interesting characters that have yeah. audiences, but you also have to be giving them the content that is going to be competing with a very crowded market space. Well, I mean, certainly they have the advantage as far as access. I mean, they have the whole and promotion. And promotion, whereas, you know, I would say like um, podcasts such as Steve Austin's and Chris Jericho's that are interview driven, they've largely relied on access to stars uh, for to get my attention, at least. And potentially, you know, they've already been limiting podcasts like Jericho's from getting a lot of their own uh, stars. I imagine that to be even more of a case now when they're producing their own shows. My first show I would launch would be Renee Young getting to do interviews like that. And as they're coming up on the fall season... I would have Paul Heyman being brought on to discuss his role on Raw, conversely one with Eric Bischoff, and I think that that is something they need to be exploiting more, is making Heyman and Bischoff more of the front-facing figures of these shows as you're going into the fall season and promoting this. Vince McMahon isn't going out there doing interviews, but Heyman and Bischoff should be. Do you see them doing that, though? Like, you mean having Paul Heyman out there... As the showrunner. As the showrunner. Or at least as a... Talking about... Part of the the decision-making process. Yeah, we're almost talking about, at this point, like conference calls, uh, talking about like the the behind the scenes of of, of the product. It would be a level of, I think, access and exposure that I don't know if the WWE traditionally has been, you know, giving at all. So it'd be different. I'm not saying to us either. I'm not expecting... But it's to the audience. uh, It it is. I think that there's a value to being on shows like ours, but I would be expecting more so that the Heyman and Bischoffs, that they would be talking to your entertainment sites and, you know, your your Yahoo's, your entertainment weeklies, like that kind of media that is already having some kind of coverage, ESPNs, Bleacher Reports, putting these guys out there because you need a lot of promotion and that... Those media outlets, Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff, have currency with that those outlets and uh, those audiences. So, want to hear everybody's thoughts on this? Um, but any any other uh, topics? No, I mean we don't have much more beyond just the announcement and when this will roll out. But I would I would imagine that this is something that, um, yeah, it's 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 going to be a network as opposed to just some uh, standalone show that they're going to be introducing. Though I I mentioned to you in the Hollywood Reporter story. Uh, the photo they used was of AJ Styles, which you and I were discussing. What an AJ Styles podcast uh, would be. Be quite something. It would be. Yeah. It would be interesting. Yes. It would be interesting. The world is your oyster in a straight line. We got our first phone call here. Let's go. Coming right up. And Neil, you are on the line. You are on the cafe hangout. What is up? Hi there, it's uh, good to see you, see you guys. And I was with John, I have to say, way at the beginning of the show. Where was the and we are live? I was. I, I made him. I made him say it. That's, I'm out of practice. You did. I'm out of practice. <laughs> I, I hope you you're happy with what you had. After. Oh God, yes, of course, yeah. But one week off, and it's just all you know. <laughs> but I wanted to address John's um, questions really on this side of the Atlantic. I would say. Uh, yeah, Neil, just us, explain uh, where where your uh, where, where you live, just for everyone oh, to apologies, understand. Apologies, yes, I I'm in Northern Ireland, so um, somewhat close to Belfast. Um, without getting all political about it, Northern Ireland's kind of part of the UK, so we get UK TV stations. The south of Ireland is its own independent republic and has its own, mm-hmm. uh, you know television stations and so on but for the most part there's not much difference and, and you're watching wwe currently on sky which is going to flip over to, to bt sport in january exactly yes and that was what i was going to mention is that uh, with with nxt uh, going live uh, in september it t- to my mind there has been no um formal expo- uh, there's been no formal announcement as to what will happen except that um, it'll be available 24 hours after it airs on 
um, on USA, Amer- on USA, um, on the network. But that's 1 a.m. Mm. Uh, um, over here. So uh, whereas we know we're going to get AEW live um, mm-hmm. for those who want to stay up late anyway um, on um, ITV4. So my viewing habits will be pretty simple. Uh, I mean, w- midweek, obviously staying up until one to start watching something is a little, yeah. Uh, which and uh, that's that's why live viewing numbers in the UK and in Ireland are low anyway because on a Monday night people can't stay up until one between one and four a.m. to watch Raw and then go to work the next morning really so uh, I think most of us DVR these things and watch them as quickly as possible uh, avoiding spoilers um, on Twitter that will be much more difficult with with um, with NXT, I think, because right. we be able to see, we won't even be able to watch it until Friday, effectively, uh, when hmm. it's live. So, in- so you're you're suggesting that you you think uh, for somebody in the UK, their choice is kind of automatically made with AEW being the the priority. I do think so. Yes, and also I just wanted to mention that I mean, the there there have been on ITV One, which is a big TV channel here. It's sort of the equivalent of NBC or CBS in, in the States. It's um, probably the second most watched channel and it's um, free to air. And it's, you know, whether you've got cable, satellite, uh, rabbit ears, it, you know, it's, it's one of those channels that's been around forever and everyone watches. And twice today I've seen a commercial on there for All Out at the end of next week. Mm-hmm. And you should go to itvboxoffice.com and if you want to book it and blah, blah, blah. It's getting big exposure. And I think ITV4, although as a channel, it's not as big as the main ITV channel. It's, again, it's free to air. You don't have to subscribe to any package. Hmm. AEW, I think, is going to win on, on uh, you know, head-to-head head for all of those reasons. Hmm. On this side of the Atlantic, and as John mentioned, you know, at the end of this calendar year, um, WWE pro- programming is going to BT Sport, which is in far fewer homes. I think that should be a worry for WWE. I mean, I, I will continue watching it because I'm a pro wrestling head, and I've been watching <laughs> forever, you know. But um, picking up new viewers is going to be tricky, I think. Yeah, I think definitely. I think in the UK, I mean, AEW is not formally announced the the ITV4 deal yet, but I think everyone reads the tea leaves and expects that that deal to be in place. But I mean, this is it's very far from being a head to head battle in the UK because you know there's no there's no expectation right now NXT is even going to be airing on on Sky. Uh, nor yeah. would Sky probably be diving into a new series when they're kind of in this lame duck period before it flips over to BT Sport. Uh, could, could you envision BT Sport having an appetite to pick up NXT live on Wednesday nights? Uh, yes, yes, I, I do. I, th- I imagine uh, WWE will, will offer them favorable terms to have the show live. Um, they seem to have done that on 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 the other side of the pond. So, yeah, yeah I, can, I can see that. Um, there is a subset of people who do stay up. You know, occasionally if I'm off work, I, I will just, you know, randomly watch SmackDown at 1 a.m. I watched it la- I watched it on Tuesday night because um, I was off on Wednesday. So, um, but yeah, because of the timing of these shows, it's, it's it, the, the live portion is always going to be a small audience because it's on and it's on very late at night. But the, the, as I said, I don't want to repeat myself too, too much, but that wait on to, um, that, that kind of waiting period to see it on the network, um, that could be a problem over here, I think. Um, I also wanted, I don't want to, I know there's probably other people want, wanting to call in and give a, a more mainstream opinion, but I just wanted to also mention uh, a quick question actually to you guys. Any prospective names for the AEW show? I mean, rewind uh, AEW doesn't really. <laughs> oh, for our show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't really trip the off biggest the question I would say on everybody's minds, uh, including our own. Yeah, I, I, I guess a- AEW has to name their show before we do. Do you think they will? Oh, sure, of course, yes. Or are they not There's just going to call it AEW? Mm, the rumor I, was Wednesday Night Dynamite, isn't that right? Yes, I thought we heard, I heard. that was one of the names bandied about. Um, 
I don't. I'm not a fan of the dynamite name, but I mean, if I, 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 I think they should have a name. I, I think you want more sure. than just simply all elite wrestling. Uh, because if you ever want to splinter off, create shoulder programming, I think you want to be able to decipher your program and have your flagship show have a name. If they were to announce a name, probably all out would would be the time. That would seem like, yeah. um, you know, to put up a. You know, big reveal on the show. Maybe you have like a show poster or something with the big name. So I guess until then, we have yet to like. All Elite Wrestling presents Boing on Wednesday nights (laughs) with Kenny Omega. Good night. Goodbye. Boing. Okay. (laughs) Got it. Um, Yeah. Well, we shall see. Sure. And one more thing before I go, if you'll allow me. I, I just wanted to mention that, you know, the the unintended funny elements of wrestling. I think that you guys, because last time I rang, you said I was very nice, so I'm going to be nice again. You guys amplify those things so well on 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 your podcasts. I mean, we've over the years we've had big things like the Shockmaster falling through the wall, but to, the little things like TJP's promos, a classic. Um, Alistair Black saying, you know, being billed by I think it was Cole as. Fighting for all the blue collar nine to fivers will never not be funny to me. I mean, and, and all the stuff that these are jokes that they make themselves. Like we just, which I don't think are intended as comedy either. <laughs> Precisely, yeah, they're they're not meant to be funny. I don't think. Like I don't feel the said. close of SmackDown was designed to be uh, to have that reaction that would uh, make it suitable for a curb your enthusiasm meme. That was exactly the other thing I was going to mention this week was the that I think there was the the guts of of 60 seconds of everyone just staring at each other, looking baffled, you know, was hilarious to me. And and, and you could hear the crowd laughing as well. Um, but uh, I just wanted to give you guys props for for really like drawing those things out, because that that funny element of of, of, of wrestling has always been there. It's, it's, it's something that I think us old fans uh i say old uh you know older fans really enjoy and uh, it's something that that incidentally i think will be completely missing from any official wwe podcasting because they'll they'll want to do that they they still have that corporate identity thing you know it'll all be quite controlled i imagine anyway and finally one last thing listen to the immigrant hustle episode with way it's terrific oh thank you so much big eye opener on on your on your uh, way uh yeah so, thank you so uh, much uh really yeah. enjoyed the post wrestling media relations team really scored a home run on that one uh, <laughs> yeah. i actually recorded that like months ago so i don't even remember like half the stuff that i, uh? I, I I've, I've talked about but um but thank you uh the, the reception's been great thank you as always for the call neil much appreciated not at all take care thanks for uh giving me so much of your time phone lines are open everybody one seven three two eight hundred forty four twenty three or search us on Skype, post wrestling, we are taking your calls all show. Also, want to make mention that we have the Super J Cup that is kicking off tonight from the Temple Theater in Tacoma, Washington. It continues Saturday in San Francisco. Those first two shows are sold out, and then Sunday, the semifinals and finals are in. Uh, the Walter Pyramid in Long Beach, California. That show is not sold out, but opening round matches. They're doing the entire first round tonight. We've got Rocky Romero versus Soberano Jr., TJP Clark Connors, Bushi versus Caristico, Jonathan Gresham versus Ryusuke Taguchi, Robbie Eagles versus El Fantasmo, Yo versus Dragon Lee, Sho versus Taiji Ishimori, which is an interesting first round match because I would peg those two to have gone further in the tournament individually and then the main event will osprey versus amazing red along with a non-tournament match jushin thunder liger and carl fredericks versus shota umino and ren narita which should be really fun tag match as well Mm -hmm. this looks like an awesome card i am home tonight with no plans and i have no ability to watch this oh man i i like it really is baffling to me that Mm. i i know that the argument is going to be well, dude, do you remember the first J-Cup and how long it took? Well, you know what? It ain't 1994 anymore. It's 2019. And yeah. this weekend, way you are going to be able to watch Evolve live mm-hmm. on Saturday night. Yeah. And New Japan cannot put a live broadcast out on New Japan World, on Fight TV. This is going to come out in September. And I maintain there is so much incredible wrestling. You have a very small window of relevancy. And then people move on. Yeah. And yes, people will go back and watch this. But it's not the amount that would have watched it live tonight. I agree. I will say there will be it, there there would be some novelty to having to write in to receive a VHS 
of the Super J Cup 2019. Well, you know what? You can do that <laughs> next month after Battle of Los Angeles, where you can go and it's order a DVD thing. to get yeah. the same thing. But I think, you know, uh, overall, to me, it tells you that New Japan isn't necessarily treating this event with that much priority. This nor Royal Quest to me, uh, you know, certainly Royal Quest is even more stunning. Like yeah. that lineup, like that is not a card that they are just doing for no reason. Mm. But the it's very much a live event mentality. Like it's and it's. But who knows what the holdup is? You know, I'm sure. I'm sure, whatever it is. Maybe there's no excuse because I. It, I don't think there is because if, if it comes down can, to a technological issue yeah. or like again, Evolve is running a live broadcast out of Labonia, Michigan on yeah. Saturday night. Right. So. I, I don't get this. PWG even, I understand. Like, there's a reason they opt not to do live streaming. And it's also talent that they're using that it's not as could though... This, could this be part of the situation? With the uh, no, because they have uh, an agreement with CMLL. They, right. they, they use CMLL talent on... Uh, they appear on New Japan World. Like, hmm. there's no holdup in that sense that would contractually restrict any of these performers from being on a live stream. And it's going to be streamed. These are going to be on demand on New Japan World. Right. So... Like hmm. it's 2019. Like I just I don't I don't I don't understand this and I think you're shooting yourself in the foot because the demand if this is up in 2 weeks it is not going to have the same demand as present moment when uh people are anticipating this. It's like I think you'll you you will have those that will watch all three shows. Most will cherry pick and a good portion will probably skip this because we're on to the destruction shows. We're on to the next event. Like it's constantly moving in pro wrestling. We have a lot of phone calls. A lot of people wanted to get in. So sorry if you can't reach it. We only have one line o- open right now, but uh, do keep trying. We want to have time for everybody to get on Let's keep show. going with the calls. Uh, our next caller, you're on the line. What's up? Hey, how are you? How are you? Oh, my God. Uh, is this Brandon this, from Etobicoke? Mr. Etobicoke himself. <laughs> you know, I left an opening at our live event for you to make your grand entrance, and I was sorely disappointed that nobody... I know, I heard. I, I didn't want to big league you guys. You did big league us. You you didn't come. Nope. You didn't say hello. Nothing. You you got our hopes up, and then poof, you just disappeared. I, you were at the. I didn't see you at the meet and greet. What happened with that? Uh, we, we meet well, and greet. What are you we, talking we, about? There we was were. no one else to meet and greet beyond us. We were there meeting and greeting. I, I squeezed hand. Oh, okay. You're meeting the tailgate. Well, John had left. Yeah. You showed up with like ten minutes to go before we all had to leave. <laughs> So, I mean, it really, you, you, Brandon has become the fiend of uh, post wrestling. He's really, he's the fiend before the fiend. You, you expect him to show up and he doesn't. And when he does, the lights go out. They do have a similar laugh. Oh, definitely. Gentlemen, gentlemen, uh, come on. There was like 35 minutes to spare. Number one. Number two, my, my Uber driver, Edwin, by the way, he was telling me the great history of Toronto and Montreal, why they hate each other. It, it was forty five like minutes. Montreal. Forty five minutes. No, no, no. He was just uh, the Montreal people. How they, they, they with with the English and stuff like that. He was just telling me the history of that uh, right. in general. But regardless, it, it was a lot of traffic getting into the city. And number three, I was an idiot for staying in Ebbet. Uh, what do you call that town? Stayed, I think you stayed in Vaughn, actually. Like you're even further. <laughs> anyway, we digress. What is on your mind, Brandon? <laughs> I have a couple questions. I don't want. I don't want to hog your time. Uh, but I'm going to Japan to uh, uh, the Dome show, so maybe we could meet. <laughs> no, I, you know what? How about we we all go to the Tokyo Dome both nights, and then you call us the following week to tell us that you were there. <laughs> let's let's all go across the world to the same building in front of the biggest weekend of the year in Japan. Let's sit a row across from each other and not talk and not acknowledge each other, and then we'll talk about it on this show the following week when you call in from another country. I might have killed him. Oh, that'd, that'd be a great rib, wouldn't it? I don't know who the joke is on. <laughs> Us or you? You're the one doing all this traveling. <laughs> You're going very far not to say hello to us. <laughs> you taking this up to the front, John. I, I'm, I'm back. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I love you guys. But uh, really, um, what, do you, what do you think the, the scalping community taking advantage of the, of the AEW shows and... and Especially, I guess Dave said in DC, like the show's tanking or whatever. Because mm, tanking prices... would be a, a 
I don't think that's an accurate statement. I mean, there there have been a ton of scalper buys for the show, and now you're seeing those tickets unloaded. So you can get into the Capital One Center very cheap because the, the scalpers expected a huge demand for the show, and it's it's an enormous arena. So I guess the other question is, though, if the scalpers were not involved, how well would that show be selling? Are people you know, who would want to go anyway, were they simply giving up after the fact that they couldn't get in uh, after the the original sale and not necessarily looking at the aftermarket yet? Brandon, what was the figure of of seats that are available right now on the secondary market? Do you have that figure? No, I don't have it offhand, but it's it's a good amount, I heard. (laughs) Well, um... I mean, I I feel like in the end, the perception is that AEW is still selling really well. I mean, by the time that show comes around, I have to imagine that the building will still look pretty good. Um, And I don't necessarily see being that much of a hindrance. I I think once this becomes adjusted for some of these other shows, if scalpers in, say, uh, Pittsburgh or Charleston are a bit more cautious about how much they buy and that having a potential effect on the sellout... Um, but that it was always inevitable, inevitable that AEW wasn't going to sell out. I, I think the demand is is still there that you've seen in, in other markets. It's just Washington. It's that much bigger of a building. And it was also the first show. So it was going to have the other ones have not had that same kind of level from scalper interest. Uh, this is from The Observer. OK, so Dave writes at press time, there were forty seven hundred tickets on the secondary market for the first show on TNT. Uh, that's new tickets because the issues that led to people thinking the first show was sold in six minutes led to a high scalper demand. And those on the resale market made a killing for an hour the day tickets went on sale. But for pro wrestling, aside from major shows in the New York market for WrestleMania, this had the highest broker buys versus fan buys for any show it's led to flooding orders as ticket brokers wanted to get in the overflow has led to an eight dollar secondary market bottom price which he says is unusually low okay so yeah that's how do you think they'll do tomorrow i think they're going to do very good and i I think i think both shows are going to do very well i'm hesitant to say we'll get immediate sellouts for for both but I, I've been we, I've been mistaken many we've times been through this many times. Yes. So, w- what do you feel, Brandon? I, I'm thinking that it is going to be, um, eighty percent sold for each building tomorrow. And maybe I'm being do, pessimistic. I think they'll do good, but they're like West Virginia and Pittsburgh. Those are tough cities to. West Virginia is a very strong. Like Charleston has been a very strong market for them when they've been going by their. Um, just the BR Live numbers. So it's a deceptively small part of the country, but also they've also promoted as a the, solid uh, base. The, the culmination of the tag team tournament. Pittsburgh, I think Pittsburgh. Like there's many, there's many surrounding cities that you can draw from. That you're also on college campuses. That I think is overall a help in terms of just general interest in the in the lead up to the show. So I'm 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 hesitant to kind of. Under underestimate what they've been able to do. Uh, and, and one more question before I get out of here: um, uh, is, is World Quest and, and Super Jacob is that going to be uh, twenty four hours after the broadcast? They haven't announced. They I, I don't expect twenty four hours later. I think the both have been said for September. So the Jacob, no, uh, it's going to be several weeks from now. That's crazy. And, and one more thing, John, specifically to you. I, I don't know if Wade's into the nine hundred two one or reboot. No, but uh. uh what other, what other uh, people would you like to see come back? Would you like to see Nat Bookie Duke or Dylan's drug dealer or Donna's abusive boyfriend, Ray Pruitt? John, how do you talk to an angel? I'm out of here. Goodbye, Brandon. Um, how do you talk to an angel? Uh, maybe, uh, maybe Lucinda Nichols will return. Okay. Okay. Our next caller, you're on the cafe hangout. It's your second favorite son from New Jersey. Oh boy! Wow, MJ, you're you are somebody who did show your face on multiple evenings. Yeah, we drew well from the state of New Jersey, allegedly. Hey, Brandon gets a bad rap. That's a cool dude. I enjoyed hanging out with him at the uh, tailgate and wandering the streets of Toronto. Good dude. We'll take your word for it because he um, remains elusive. You know, Brother Nate made a great point in the forum. We had some nice debates going on about the NXT to Wednesday thing, uh, USA thing. What they have not made they have not made NXT appointment television the way 
All Elite has made pretty much everything they do, including these ticket sales, appointment viewing, appointment activity. So to the degree that they're going to be live, I mean, I'm somebody that watches two or three shows. I binge them before a takeover. I'm very up on the product, but it's not appointment viewing. And I think that's going to play a big factor into how they do uh, with the move to USA. I thought that was a great point by Brother Nate. Yeah. And, but, uh, but but I mean we we haven't seen what the the new NXT is going to look like, and I think to be fair we we haven't really seen what AEW is going to look like on a week to week basis. No, but AEW has trained their fans to at least tune in to pretty much everything they do live. I got to be honest, if the new NXT is different than the old NXT, I think that's troubling because what's made that brand so great is that it has been different, and if they try to mess with that recipe, um, it's you know, something to be cautious with because I, I don't think you're going to see that out of the game, like. Jay. I think from, from the start, I think you're going to see a, a relatively similar product that is going to be absolutely prone to changes based on performance. But I think show one, I think you're largely going to see the NXT that you have at the moment and seeing, you know, throwing this against the wall and seeing what is the response to I, it. I think you will see something closer to the takeover level of quality with NXT, at least for the first couple of weeks, and certainly peaking for that October 2nd show. Sure. Well, let's, let's talk about that takeover formula then, because I'm somebody who flew to Toronto and really only cared to go to takeover live as far as wrestling shows, because it's five matches, high quality, you're in, you're out, three hours, done. Takeover's now going to have to, what, accommodate two-hour television booking, mm-hmm. and you could be looking at ten matches, and now all of a sudden it becomes a four-hour show, and are they going to do... You know, it just... It, it, the whole thing is to be determined, but you can see where they're going to have to start tweaking formulas that have historically been very good for them, and at what cost? To alienate current fans that are probably AEW crossover fans, to gain casual fans, which... Are they even sure who their casual fans are? So uh, all to be determined, but very uh, interesting times, to say the least. Philosophically, I feel like we've seen, you know, Paul Paul Levesque and his crew be very cautious of the fact that shows aren't going too long. And I imagine this is a strength of the takeover shows that they will continue to maintain despite having a two-hour show every single week. I mean, I don't necessarily see having extra hours as a hindrance and, and, you know, uh, an automatic fact that, like, takeovers are going to be ten matches long. I think it, it provides opportunity for you to create main events for your weekly TV shows that are going to need them. If they can achieve those kind of level of television matches, and you just went to a live taping. So with commercials, you know how that all goes. It's true, if yeah. If they can maintain that level, that's awesome. That's a great question. questions about it. That's a great question. At a live NXT taping, what are the commercial breaks going to look like, and how will they affect these matches? Um, kind of shifting to the podcast news that came out today. Uh, I see this as a direct shot at StarCast. I think they're going to make a huge money offer to Conrad Thompson. I think this is absolutely a reactionary thing to do because the barrier to entry to podcasting has not been very high uh, over the last few years as the medium has kind of grown. You have these other talents that are on Legend deals doing shows on other networks. Westwood One, uh, you have the other, I think Austin, wherever he is, not Westwood One, but Podcast One. All of a sudden, yeah, Podcast One. So why now? Except for the fact that they are directly taking shots at AEW by association StarCast. They had the run in with StarCast in Vegas with having talent that they wanted to pull from that. You go out and you make Conrad Thompson a huge money offer and you bring all that audience into your house. Uh, I think that's the move. If it's not, very questionable. Um, and then there was one other thing I wanted to touch on, but I, I'll take a second there. Hmm. No, I, I really don't think that this is going to be something that you, like, I just, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily see that as the play. I, I think honestly, like Endeavor streaming is, you know, it, this is probably something that's been at their, at their doorstep for a while to, you know, it was inevitable with them moving over to Endeavor that this would be a natural way to go about it. Uh, what I can see is them being aggressive of trying to get Eric Bischoff and Bruce Pritchard to do their shows under the, under this new umbrella. But I think the key to those shows is Conrad. And I, I just, I would have a hard time imagining Conrad coming into this. And if he was, I think he would have been front and center on this announcement. I, I, it's also, uh, it's before also star Sorry. What? what was that? Would he, would he be front and center before they do star next week? 
or would it be after StarCast that he then introduces himself as, hey, I'm pretty much done with StarCast and I'm going to do this? And does WWE want StarCast? Do they want their own version of that to change how they do access? Yeah, I mean, there. I think there. there's a lot of speculation for, for something, all of those things to happen. Um, we also don't even know necessarily the future of StarCast, whether or not AEW will be, whether or not there's really, we don't know how this StarCast is going to do, let's just say that. You know, whether or not there's going to be enough demand for multiple StarCasts per year after this initial buzz for AEW already dies down. Um, it's a lot to be determined. Yeah. So the other thing I just wanted to, in terms of shifting continents, um, that Bloomberg article on New Japan, uh, quite revealing on some of the numbers. Kind of don't get those numbers from a wrestling company very, very often, but obviously now that they're public, they're going to make those available. Um, the four out of 10 women thing, uh, that was fascinating. And I, you know, if you look at Japan's pop culture track record of creating IP and being able to get across uh, kind of their uh, pop culture into mainstream American culture, they have a track record. They have success. So I kind of thought that was really telling as to how they view their intellectual property, their characters, and what might come of that as you now have a public company looking to increase revenue streams. Um, with New Japan being a catalyst. Yeah, I think that the, you know, it's, uh, with, with New Japan, I think it like, uh, it, it shines a light on, you know, where, where they are with it within their marketplace. Um, I didn't look at it as anything like completely revelatory about New Japan's business other than it, it's further insight into seeing like what their, you know, one of the big takeaways from that article is their their global expansion that they are hopeful of and using video streaming as a key component of that. And I mean, that circles back to our argument here. Are they necessarily ready for those big steps where you can take New Japan to other countries? But are are you at a, a point now where you can fully maximize the value of a Super Jacob tournament or a Royal Quest to your global audience if we can't even do live streaming? Like that, that was a component of that article was using video streaming to kind of take this product outside of just a, a Japanese core fan base. The Royal Quest uh, streaming, what I'm going to call it debacle, is kind of egg on the face. You're going to go to the UK and do a live event where you're featuring a title match, an IWGP title match, and you're not going to show that live. It kind of, to me, shows like, to your point, are you ready to do this? Um, the money that New Japan is generating, when you convert that to U.S. dollars, I'm pretty sure the NXT deal is going to be worth more than that altogether. Kind of gives you a, a, a good insight as to where things rank in terms of companies making money off of their television or their, their wrestling content. And then you got AEW who, to knowledge, is not making a dollar off of television content. So these numbers all recently that are coming out, very, very interesting and i could see wwe wanting to push a lot of this to kind of emphasize hey we are the player in the space and everybody else that's trying to do this they may be making waves and they may be getting hype but don't forget who has the money here and money you know dollars king thanks for the call mj got, a, got a few Bye. more people see ya all right let's keep going Yes, uh, phone lines are open, everybody. Uh, please keep calling in if you are having trouble uh, connecting. We will take your calls as they appear. Um, yeah, any thoughts on where MJ kind of left off there? Uh, no, well, we covered a lot of ground in that in in that call. I think that um, as we kind of look towards this um, th- this period, especially with NXT moving to the USA Network, I think. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting those those first couple of weeks once we have the head-to-head competition looking at where AEW is going to be available beyond just the US on TNT. What are yep. their international deals that are going to be in place because you know from just asking around like it doesn't seem like there's any any kind of movement on NXT being available anywhere beyond the USA network to the American audience. Like it seems that the answer is it's on 24 hour delay. And the fact that WWE was so steadfast because you have to imagine USA wants, doesn't necessarily want NXT to be available 24 hours later. You would think that was a battle WWE won in this negotiation. Mm -hmm. And the reason they fought for that was the international viewership and maintaining that for the network, which is tough because you're, 
in one sense, you're battling for head-to-head numbers, and that is a clear way for, you know, that's going to apply to your American viewers as well, having this 24-hour delay instead of a seven-day delay or even a 30-day delay, which would drastically change things. We go to our next call right now. You're on the Cafe Hangout. What's up? Uh, what's going on? It's Hansi. Hansi, what's going on? What's going on, guys? Um, as far as um the watching habits, I'm still unsure where Canada falls in, so it's like a wait and see attitude. Well, let's let's put it this I, way, Hansi. If it starts as it is now, where it's airing on Thursday nights, are you going to be watching? Uh, AEW, would you like you'll be able to find a stream of NXT? And I think that's what you're essentially going to be pushing a lot of international viewers to do because they're going to want to watch it live. Would that be something, or are you just going to wait till it's on the network? Well, I guess I, I mean, if 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 worse comes to worse, I'll have to wait till the network. But I did want to do like I did want to do dual, uh, dual like viewership, like I wanted to watch both, but at the same time. Like, yeah, the same time, kind of like you know, I would have like. Uh, That's yeah. part of the fun, though. You know, that doesn't sound fun yeah, to me. It, for the first week, it'll be fun. After that, yeah, you know. for the first week, yeah, yeah. that's true. It'll get tiresome after a while, but um, but you know, but but my main question, I, I don't know if this has been addressed. Like in in, uh, I don't even know if it really matters to a lot of people, but to me at least, since NXT is becoming a third brand, right? So now, does technically, do you think the NXT world title is qualified as a world title? Like, like now, with this lineage being a main roster title now, do you think, like, oh, now you can say, oh, Sami Zayn was a former world champion, or Samoa Joe was a former world champion. Hell, even Bo Dallas, a former world champion. Like, do you think that this <laughs> is going to incorporate the I, I feel like I feel like the Bo Dallas reign will kind of exist in the same realm of uh, of Maple's King of the Ring win and Billy Gunn's King of the Ring win. Um, uh, certainly, I, I feel they they will be a lot more protective of uh, the NXT title. Triple H, of course, will be a lot more pr- protective now. Much of it, I think, has to do with what what the hierarchy now is of somebody's path from NXT to quote unquote you know the main roster when NXT really has become the main roster itself. So, uh, I, I, I obviously, you know, I don't think you'll see somebody like Adam Cole lose the belt and then all of a sudden just to go up to the main roster as like a, a nobody, you know, go on Raw and SmackDown and just get jobbed out. I think you will see somebody like of his status be elevated on an equal level at the very least to, you know, above an IC level competitor. Okay. I hear you. And, um, you guys didn't address this, but I'm not sure if it's a big enough news story. But I guess I was reading Reddit, and um, something I forget what the what the terminology was, but CM Punk apparently um, his management or something that has reached out to like they asked him to do a talk show or the do FS1 something show. on the yeah, FS1. Yeah, so I was wondering, you guys had any update on that? Do you like is this is this a way for him to kind of get more money at an AEW offer, or do you think that he will actually go back and do? The, the WWE thing. And I'll just leave you guys with that. And uh, uh, thanks for all the good work you guys do. Thank you, Hanzi. Yeah. So um, the story, and it was in the Observer today, was about uh, CM Punk is represented by CAA, which is also uh, works with WWE. And allegedly, it was Punk's agent who threw out the idea of Punk co hosting this show on FS1, the studio show that they're going to do. Um, and, and that's kind of where it's at. Um, it's not a story that came out of left field for me. I, I had heard from one person a few weeks ago that I didn't have the specifics about it and couldn't confirm it. So, like, I, I, I don't doubt that there is certainly uh, smoke to this. But what it ultimately represents, is this uh, a leverage play? Is this just merely... Uh, testing the waters of seeing what this is. Is this something Punk is even wholeheartedly interested in? I, I cannot give you those answers. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, certainly the way everything unfolded, it, it it's still really hard to for me to believe, like, Punk going back to the WWE in any capacity this soon. But, again, I don't know where his real, really, you know, his headspace is. We We know from Vince's past that, Nobody's off the table, you know. If it means good for something that that'll help business, they will welcome you to the fold. Personally, I see this maybe more of, of just a, a a leverage pay, play. Um, but if he announces the deal, I wouldn't be that shocked. 
I think that it's, you know, we, we, we always say never say never in wrestling, but it's like, it's like the old adage that, uh, time heals all wounds, but there hasn't been enough time yet. There will, there could very well come a time when he just suddenly has a change of heart. This was a guy that used to, at one time, was absolutely in love with professional wrestling and a guy that was completely out of it, uh, out of love of wrestling and just completely turned it off. And it's not to say that he wakes up one day and wants to revisit this. It's it's hard to imagine, given the the court case that went down, that Punk is an extremely stubborn individual that he would go back. But I don't I don't dismiss anything. And him being involved in that studio show, it's almost like a several degrees of separation from everything he disliked about WWE while still being a WWE property. But I mean, for Fox sports, that'd be a great coup for them. It would be great. I I think actually it would be great for the WWE for this type of show, but is this show really the best place? If you're the WWE to use CM Punk, like, would you want, would you want him in, I think what, well, of course, we can, they would want him in a more uh, significant role, but and, that and, might not be on the table. But I mean, a role where he's more controlled. Like, I mean, we don't know what type of role this is going to be. I would assume that this will be somewhat of a scripted uh, thing. But I, if it's live, do you want necessarily somebody like CM Punk, you know, somebody who's you, you've had litigation against necessarily be in control of that narrative uh, with 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 your live audience. I don't even know if this is the studio show is live or not, or if it's taped. Right. Um, okay. That's uh, I I just, I just don't know even what the answer is. It just that. seems like an awkward fit, you know, like CM Punk on a WWE post show. Uh, but anyway, anything could happen. Yeah. So it's it's kind of a story that I mean, it's it's there. Uh, whether there's substance to it, uh, we'll see. It could just be simply, yeah. um, seeing what the temperature is like. And again, it's. It seems like it was a an inter- intermediary that threw the set, and this might have just been came up as a hypothetical within, like you don't know even know what the context of how this even came up because uh, it's a hard one to imagine, but not completely one that you would dismiss either. Uh, also, a bit of clarification from from uh, wrestling uh, from Dave Meltzer uh, recently about the kind of uh, details of the NXT TV deal. Yeah, so we've seen several figures thrown out for what NXT is going to be paid. Um, it had been mentioned by Dave earlier this week that the floor was $50 million. Um, a year. A year. And then uh, Guggenheim, uh, which is uh, uh, like an analysis firm, they put out a figure of $30 million per year. And it seems that that is cl- like it's or is a- it $30 million over two years? No, $30 million per okay. year. So that would be 60 right. over the course of two. Okay. So it seems that that's kind of the neighborhood. It's kind of a 30 to 50 per year, which is obviously uh, a bit of a gap, but that's right. kind of what we're looking at. Okay. So, hmm. um, you know, minimum 30 million per year seems to be right. yes. I- at least what we can gather from this, which is, you know, it's, it's something for NXT. Like it's, it's a, it's not an insignificant it's amount. It's, what it was before. It's about, you know. Five hundred and seventy-seven thousand dollars per week, mm-hmm. and it and especially if it's a two-year deal, they could be in a position where if this thing is doing like one point two, one point three million viewers every week, when those two years are up, they could see a dramatic increase at that point. Not knowing where USA Network is at, this could become a valuable property for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's a, anything above that, I would say that then that's a that's a big hit for them if they can even come close to the audience SmackDown was doing on Tuesday nights. Yeah. Um, how do you think this affects, you know, contracts and movement between rosters for, I think it's ultimately, it's what we always talk about is that WWE has, is hitting this record revenue and it's going to be incumbent on these performers. Like from all indications, the WWE is not giving, uh, small contracts out. I mean, it sounds like even more, like even like low guys that you would be surprised by are getting like double for contract renewals. So it's got like, there is significant money being thrown out. And I would say that for the NXT people, like this is a time to probably be very aggressive. If you have a contract coming up in the next six months to a year and realizing that there is a lot of money coming in and WWE is in a position that they do not want to be losing anybody at the moment. So you do have serious leverage at the, at the moment. And I think that it's ultimately you, you be aggressive and it seems that WWE is, 
certainly willing to pay right now because they don't want to lose anybody. So mm-hmm. I think it's a good time to be a performer if you, if you have a contract coming due, which makes the, the Roman Reigns renewal would be really interesting to see. This is a guy who made it very clear he was not going anywhere, um, did the opposite of what a Brock Lesnar approach would have been. And you would you would figure Roman Reigns could cash in as much as anyone right now. You had some really interesting comments on uh, Errol Hawani's uh, MMA reporter show uh, this week talking about Brock Lesnar and how AEW might really play a factor in his upcoming uh, future negotiations. Well, it comes down like Lesnar has a deal now with with WWE, which is reportedly up May or June of next year. So he just turned 42. So he'll be about to turn 43 when that deal's up. And what is he going to want to do at that point? Is that kind of does he have an end date in sight? He's obviously going to keep that very quiet, but let's, you know, just for the for the sake of this argument, pr- suppose that he wants to continue. He wants to sign another contract. He came back to the WWE at a point when most wrestlers didn't have significant leverage with WWE. He mm-hmm. did with UFC, and he was very smartly able to play one off the other consistently throughout this entire period of this run. And he's always been able to get a great deal. Went back to the UFC in 2016. Now, uh, if AEW is a success, I'm not saying AEW would be throwing the money that WWE would be willing to offer, but I think that if he wanted to play off someone, he would absolutely hear what they have to say and not, he doesn't need UFC as he did even a year ago. Now he has this other promotion in place that he could play off of as well on top of the UFC. Like I I think he can, he can play everyone off each other and may have a third party involved. So if he wants to sign another deal after this one, I have no doubt in my, in my mind that WWE will once again, come to the table and will pay him an extraordinary amount of money again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He knows how to play his cards significantly. Well, I, I would say though him fighting again, I really see that as a really, really small percentage chance. Mm. at this age and knowing that he can WWE will pay him an enormous amount. And I think at this stage, you know, when you're approaching 43 uh, now, what we don't know is in this latest deal, whether or not he's even allowed to, to fight, you would think with them spending so much, like the whole point of a contract is like, you, you don't mm-hmm. want this guy to be able to say, I'm taking off five months to do a training camp and fight. Um, if anything, I think the WWE would be interested in that simply to avoid Brock continuing to build that leverage with the other side, but I'm sure that's something he would have fought for in his contract as well. Yeah. But, um, you know, Brock's in all of their immediate plans for, you know, through this period of time. So, um, but yeah, the fight to make in UFC, if he were to do it, it would be John Jones. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would be the, the fight that Lesnar would want, that Jones would want and the UFC would want, um, for Jones right now, after the Daniel Cormier loss. Yeah. He was very smart to jump on these comments this week of, you know, going right after Lesnar to try and, goad him because for for john jones like his big blockbuster fights you know diminished after cormier lost on the weekend mm-hmm. uh any other news bits before we kind of wrap up at the top of the hour here um no we we have you know it's not a crazy weekend but there are a number of shows yeah uh not all of them you can watch but the ones you can uh we are going to have post shows after evolve on saturday and sunday night you'll be joining uh, davy portman on saturday yes uh on the up next feed davy portman will be reviewing a number of the evolve shows going forward from what i understand i will be joining him for one of these on saturday evening and then on sunday he will be joined by solomon sounds off jason solomon solo monster solo sounds off. solo monster Solo Monster, yes. Jason Solomon, he will be with Davey on Sunday night. Uh, we'll also have two editions of Cruel Summer coming out Saturday and Sunday morning. And Friday, look out for the bonus edition of the British Wrestling Experience as Jamesy will be joined by Alan Cunahan, Alan Forel from PWTorch.com, chatting his article on the top 50 UK matches of all time. Uh, it's a huge week for post-wrestling, and I think it's, a, it's also a huge weekend for John Pollock because he'll be actually going to the cottage uh, i will have no cell phone reception i can't wait the final the end of cottage season i would the end. say yeah this is it it was either this or labor day weekend and labor day weekend's a bit busy uh us. john please enjoy it thank you so much for the extra help while my computer's been in the shop and still remains in the shop i hope uh i i have an update on that after this particular show it's day to day it's a, it's yes uh and as well um thank you 
Uh, please enjoy it until October when the craziness uh, occurs. Uh, and thanks for ev- to everybody for joining us today on the Cafe Hangout. A lot well, of great callers. Yeah. We appreciate everyone uh, dialing in today. And yeah, we'll be back next week on the Cafe Hangout and lots of great shows to check out this week, uh, both at postwrestling.com and if you're a patron at postwrestlingcafe.com where we just dropped the double shot. Yes, and also Friday, uh, the return of our MCU reviews, talking about Doctor Strange, which Strange would be how I would classify our, <laughs> our review of it, where John and I... Um, contemplated mortality. <laughs> yeah, it was one of definitely one of our most interesting shows, and I'm very proud of it. So please tune in to that uh, on the Patreon feed. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you.